Welcome to the Vegan Family Kitchen. My name is Brigitte and I'm your host. I'm also the cook around here. And I know that for a lot of people, cooking is the opposite of fun, actually. They think it's a chore. And it may be one of the obstacles stopping them from cooking themselves and their families a really good meal with really good food most nights of the week at home. And it doesn't have to be that way. I think there are lots of ways we can make cooking more fun. And to discuss this extremely serious and important topic, I have invited the utmost expert when it comes to fun. She is my friend, Siobhan Coates. She is the laughter coach and she knows all about making cooking fun. Hi, Siobhan, how are you doing? Hello, Brigitte, I am wonderful. How are you today? Oh, it's a great day here on the wet coast again. <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah, another wind. Uh, yeah, we. it's a good reason not to have to rake our leaves because Ex it's getting windy and windy and windy. <laughs> exactly. Talk of another chore that we need to make more fun. So, right. um, Siobhan, I would like to have you tell us just a little bit more first about yourself, what you do and the people you work with. Sure. Uh, so my name is Siobhan Coates, and I like to, to call myself the fun coach. I am a life coach. I, I specialize in limiting beliefs. I'm also a certified laughter yoga leader, which I specialize in laughter. And I'm also a, a, a chef. I do have my diploma in culinary arts uh, from Mel Sapina. That was a one-year program way back, like in 2000. I would like to say I just love to cook and it is a passion of mine. So marrying up fun and cooking in the kitchen is wonderful, uh, wonderful topic for me to talk about. I have been, uh, I am the owner and operator of Siobhan Spark Up. Uh, that is a uh, registered business with BC and I do laughter yoga for businesses and seniors and, and everybody in between schools. And I also uh, do um, life coaching. And that, that is, is a little awesome. about me. Fantastic. And I know you are also a certified burpee expert. Isn't that true? <laughs> I, you know what I, I embarked. Yes, I did on a 28 burpees for 28 day challenge. And I did it last year. Uh, and I grew so much from it. And, and I had so many life lessons from that, that I, I decided to do it again this year. Uh, because my ego would not allow me to watch, you know, how in Facebook memories, those things come up, I would be seeing those I, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to be seeing those, I'm going to be like, why aren't I doing that this year? Uh, uh, so I, I did do it this year today was day 28. And awesome. I'm excited to do it at a totally different mindset this year, my mindset was more like, stupid ego making me do these burpees <laughs> i love it i mean there's got to be a reason to do burpees and the ego is just as good a reason as any other you know so, my, intent, my intention really was to just stay consistent and keep my word to myself for 28 days really and you succeeded yes and that is awesome and i have to say you have fantastic form i thank you encourage everyone to watch the replays to get inspired <laughs> and do at least one burpee for starters and perhaps two and maybe build it up to 28 after build 28 days yeah so many modifications too fantastic so let's jump in and talk about uh 
fun and cooking. And I would like to ask you as the expert on this topic, why do you think people actually don't think cooking is fun? Like what is, what is it that makes us feel that cooking is, is a chore more than a fun thing? Do you want to know my honest opinion? It's because of what we are telling ourselves in our head. And, you know, I, I, I was coaching a client not too long ago on this very subject of cooking. And I just brought this as an example because she has all the fancy gadgets, right? She's like, I bought an Instapot and a slow cooker and a griddle and a this and a that, hoping that I would find some enjoyment with new equipment. And that is an, uh, that is a, a, an example of looking outside yourself to find relief from what you're doing. So if you are telling yourself, that you hate cooking, that cooking is a chore, that cooking is hard. You are programming your brain to think that way. You know, it's, it's like when you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself and you go, oh, I'm tired. Oh, look at those bags under my eyes. Oh, you know, you're going to get more. You're telling yourself your subconscious those things. So what is your subconscious going to do? But just keep bringing you things, the universe will still keep bringing you things to make you tired. So when we have this language around cooking, there are actually self-sabotaging ourselves. And there are three ways we self-sabotage ourselves and three ways we self-sabotage ourselves in the kitchen. And they are through limiting beliefs around cooking, the intentions around cooking, and the negative language around cooking. So when we say, I hate cooking, but I have to, or... I don't have time to cook or, you know, cooking is hard. These are limiting beliefs. So when you think that cooking is hard or cooking is a chore, then all you're going to get back is cooking is hard. Cooking is a chore. You might find your oven breaks down because you think cooking, the universe and the subconscious, the, the, the mind, the connection between what you tell yourself, those neural pathways. So you have these neural pathways in your brain and let's think about them like a cornfield. So when you keep telling yourself cooking is hard or cooking is a chore, then you have a neural pathway like a cornfield. When you walk down that cornfield, you get a nice path that is very smooth and very comfortable to go down. So you're like, oh God, I have to go to the grocery store. I hate grocery shopping. It's because every day at about probably four o'clock, that neural pathway is there. However, when you want to change that language and go down a new path, You've got to beat yourself a new path. And so the second one is the intention. Like, what is your intention behind cooking? Is it because you love it and you want to go? Like, intentions keep us stuck. You kind of want to look at your reasons why you are cooking. And, you know, if somebody had told us when we were six years old, you're going to have to cook for the rest of your life, no matter what you have to eat. You know, there should have been a school to work on this. Well, this is something. (laughs) This is a chore you have to do for the rest of your life. And notice chore also has heavy connotations to it. Totally. Tension behind. And of course, then there's the language. I don't have time to cook. I don't want to cook. You know, all those don'ts. I suck at cooking. I'm not good at at it. Cooking. That's what you're telling yourself. So the universe is just going to give you more of that. The universe doesn't hear don't. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. If you say I don't want to cook you know, I don't want to do this. Then the universe just hears, cook, just hear, it just hears what you're putting out there. 
Uh, so those are some of the ways we self-sabotage ourselves in the kitchen. Totally. So, the, so I hear that you, all the time. If you're telling yourself it's not fun, it's not going to be fun. You There's really, no way it can be. Your yeah. lens, your perspective is already set. You've already decided before it even starts that you suck at it or that it's going to be boring or whatnot. And then of course it can't possibly work out well, right? And, and you may, like the clients that I've coached, they both have, st you know, the, it stemmed from, well, my mother cooked this way. My mother always used frozen food. My mother never cooked. My mother never did this or that or this or that. Like I was blessed. I had a mother who taught me how to cook and I really enjoyed cooking right off the bat. But if you grew up in a home where cooking was a chore, cooking was hard, nobody wanted to cook or you grew up on fast food, well, then those lessons are ingrained in your head, right? Your subconscious has those beliefs sitting there about cooking. So I've also heard, you know, some people say, well, my mom was so good at it and I can't possibly be as good as her. Oh, exactly, right? Again, limiting belief. I can't totally. be as good as her or I can't be as good as Jane or I can't be as good as Sue. If you're comparing yourself to other people's cooking as well or you're walking, watching cooking shows on the Food Network and thinking- yes. I would never be able to do that or that. Those are those are all languages which which sabotage you in the kitchen. And if uh, I may, right. I would. People are going to ask, so how do we get rid of those languages? Well, uh, before we get into the laughter part of it, there is a two-step process for helping remove any limiting belief that you may have. Okay, go ahead. And it's all about telling the subconscious a different story. I mean, that neural pathway of hating cooking, cooking is a chore, cooking for one is hard. That is a soft ingrained language. It's like, I hate going to the gym. Like it is ingrained in your head. So if you start telling your subconscious, remember when. So you want to put that belief in the past and say to yourself, okay. and you can write this down because you want to start telling your subconscious a different story, but gently. You're not going to go from, I hate cooking to I love cooking. Right. You know, that's like, that's like hating what you look like in the mirror and yet trying to force yourself to tell you, you love, you think you're beautiful. It's not going to work. It's a process. So the first process is putting that belief in the past. Remember when I used to hate cooking? Remember when I used to think cooking was a chore? I, once you put that in the past, even just saying it, tells your subconscious a different story right remember when you used to hate cooking what are, are we are we done with hating cooking like what's going on honestly your subconscious once you start saying things in the past remember when i used to hate cooking remember when i used to think cooking was a chore your subconscious is going to go wait a minute what's happening so that's the first step to do and i recommend really writing these down remember when okay. i used to think blank and put it somewhere. The second is making a progressive statement about that belief. So if your belief is that cooking is a chore, remember when I used to think cooking is a chore. Now this next one, you have to be open, of course, to changing. What I found sure. with, with using some client, with working with some clients is they like that feeling of being stuck yeah. because it's so ingrained and with anything that requires change, it might feel a little uncomfortable. Somehow it's working for them. Yeah. There's exactly. a part of it that's working for them anyway. With any behavior, right? Brigitte, as we both know, with any behavior, there's something that they're getting something out of it. 
So if you put that, uh, remember when I used to think cooking was a chore and make it a progressive statement as in now I am willing to learn how to have fun in the kitchen or I am in the process. Open your heart to it. I am in the process of learning how to enjoy cooking. Those two things really require no action other than to believe it. And by being here and watching this, one could think it's their first step towards starting to experience that fun, right? It is the very first, it are the first two steps. I guarantee I have done this first, the, this process with my, because this is part of my training, uh, my coaching, I've done it with motorcycle riding. I've been an avid motorcycle, but I was afraid to death. When I moved to the mainland from the island, I lived on Vancouver Island, you know, riding my motorcycle on all those soft, cushy island Sweet. roads. Yeah. And then I moved to Vancouver and I, I sold my motorcycle because I didn't want to have to deal with traffic. But long story short, I met my husband. He had a motorcycle, a motorcycle instructor, got me a motorcycle and I was afraid to get on it. So I had to use that. Remember when I was a, remember when I was afraid to ride my motorcycle? Remember when I was afraid to ride my motorcycle? Yep, yep, yep. Now I'm in the process of learning how to ride my motorcycle. The trick was I didn't get on my motorcycle and then ride to Whistler. I got on my motorcycle and rode around the block. And that's yep. the thing with cooking too. You're not going to go, you know, start off with now I'm in the process of learning what it's like to have fun in the kitchen. And I got some pointers down there. I, I've got some pointers for you to start off small. You've got to be gentle with yourself in this transition because we're rewiring the brain and it's going to be a little uncomfortable to go for 30 right. years of thinking cooking is a chore to, I am willing to learn to enjoy cooking. Well, how are we going to do that? How do we yeah. do that? How is a laughter coach? Are we going to do that? So is this when you're going to give me some tips? I am going to give you some okay, tips. And we're going to, practice. Are yes, we going to practice. I wanted to build it up. So I'll tell you a little bit about laughter. And you had mentioned it in the beginning is that the body doesn't know whether you're fake laughing or real laughing, you're going to get all the benefits. You're going to get the serotonin, the endorphins, because it's a bodily action. It's, it's like when you exercise and it's stress and the brain doesn't know whether it's good stress or bad stress. Right. It's in fight or flight mode. If you're running on that treadmill, <laughs> the brain doesn't know if you're running from a fire yeah. or just running on a treadmill. And that's where the breath comes in, right? That's where your breathing comes in. And the laughter yoga is the same. The brain doesn't know if you're fake laughing or real laughing. Love it. So, you know, in laughter yoga, the premise is we find things to laugh about. We do laughter yoga exercises to get the body going. So Brigitte, you and I, for instance, we tried to go live on Facebook. And instead of getting frustrated, you know what we're going to do now? We're going to do some technical glitch laughter. So we're just going to laugh. <laughs> we didn't go live. <laughs> <laughs> I have my otter laugh. <laughs> We're the only people this has ever happened to? No. <laughs> right away, we've started laughing. We've taken something that millions of people find traumatizing. And it was an interesting experience when Facebook went down a few weeks ago. Remember Facebook and Instagram and everybody? <laughs> I, for one, thought that was my fault. I thought I was doing something wrong. I'm, I'm texting my husband, like, I can't get Facebook up. I don't know what's going on. And you broke it. <laughs> I broke it. 
And, you know, I asked this question in another group, how many people thought it was their fault? And then how many people started to get really upset? Well, you know what I did? <laughs> I can't face broken. <laughs> That's a good one. I have really reprogrammed. We just were talking about reprogramming your language and everything. You have a response to everything, whether it's a technical glitch or whether it's cooking. So if we take that cooking, oh my God, yep. I've got to go to the grocery store and freaking buy my dinner. <laughs> Look at me, oh my God, <laughs> I have to go to the grocery store. <laughs> I love it, that's awesome. Oh my God, I have to go to the grocery store, <laughs> I have to cook dinner. <laughs> Just find that, you're gonna feel like, a, you're gonna feel like a crazy person laughing by yourself. Or and maybe we are crazy people. And that is actually a good thing because all the people that are not experiencing that joy are suffering a lot more. They right? are. They so are. It's, it's not always a bad thing to be, let's use a, a better term than crazy. Let's say to be uh, out of the mainstream, right? That is, and to yes. find that joy. It is unusual. It is something that the whole, um, you know, world around us conspires against, but we have that joy in us and we can connect with it. That's exactly. what I love from your message. Yeah, exactly. We do. And, and fake laughing is so accessible. And even when you start to fake laugh, it's almost so uncomfortable that you really laugh anyway. Do you ever notice like what? Yeah, exactly. Like if you get scared, if someone scares you and right away, what do you do after you laugh? Right. Whenever you get uncomfortable, like when people ask me what laughter yoga is, and I'll pick up a marker and go. <laughs> it's the funniest marker I've ever seen from Shivan. Like people will laugh uncomfortably at first because that's the way the body reacts. And then you might find yourself thinking, why am I even fake laughing like that? It's just so funny. But I, I encourage you to try this. If you're if you're going grocery shopping with your teenagers, with your kids, if wow. you toddlers and you start to laugh with them, do you know that children and toddlers laugh 400 to 600 times a day? Adults wow. between four and eight times a day. That's on a good day, I'd say, probably you eight. Know, and, I can and, think of a lot of people who don't laugh that many times at all. That is right. So starting off even with the grocery shopping and laughing in the car and getting your kids involved, if you're if you're with your kids or with your husband, I got to tell you, my husband thought I was crazy with this laughter yoga stuff. I have him laughing now all the time at crazy things because two things are going to happen when you start laughter yoga and or when you start laughing in the kitchen, especially if you're doing it with your kids. The one thing I heard, uh, and this was from the Boys and Girls Club, I was doing laughter yoga with children. And cool. What they loved about me was seeing an adult laugh because they don't see enough adults laughing. And when oh, you man. have an adult openly laughing, it gives them permission to laugh. How many times? Be quiet back in that backseat. Stop laughing. You keep down. I don't know what's so funny, but if you keep <laughs> laughing, I'm going to send you to your room. That is not me. You did not just represent me. I know, but how classic is that? So this is all about bringing even well-being to your whole family. So that's you know, I think a lot of parents put themselves, you know, not necessarily willingly so, but in a bit of a stern 
stance when it comes to food, right? And I mean, there is, we can make lots of excuses for what it, what it happens. I always say, you know, the witching hour, you know, five yeah. o'clock in the afternoon is not a good time to have a knife in your hands. That's lots right. of built up frustrations. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the kids, whatever, maybe don't like what you're planning to do for dinner, right? And we put ourselves in this position to be the stern one, you know, that brings in the discipline and, you know, this is the healthy food that you got to eat kind of thing. And what you're suggesting is that we can tweak that personality and bring just a lot more fun and enjoyment into it. It's it's not a fixed thing. It's not, we don't have to be in that position of being the no fun person. And I, I, I don't know. I think a lot of moms, especially put themselves in a no fun position. I in think, in uh, their yeah. families and that's yeah. not a good place to be in like at least not all the time it, it's really not and you know taking these little small snippets of laughter uh and and getting those chemicals in your brain and even just smiling you know even when we smile that releases positive in endorphins exactly exactly and it's a workout too it's good yeah. for your cheeks and something you said about five o'clock you know I, and i will say this over and over again eat a little, don't go grocery shopping hungry. I know how many times you hear that, but that hangry is not lending itself to, to it. Totally. When you're hangry, that is you saying, I hate cooking. Cooking is a chore. I, you're not looking after yourself because hangry, shopping hangry feeds, feeds your message, feeds what you're telling yourself. What totally. if you grab a, a, a carrot, and start eating that, maybe laughing before you go in, like anything. Use it like a microphone and sing. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Use it like a microphone. I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? I I think it's what you're saying. If that's that's what you think it is that's happening, then it becomes so. Um, Anybody, you look on the law of attraction, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Jay Shet, like all, you know, uh, Mel, Mel Robbins, like, just go and watch anything about thoughts becoming things or how you think becomes your reality. And I don't think enough people are addressing this whole cooking thing because there are a lot of miserable people out there who are cooking and hate it. When I really feel it belongs, it's a body change. Like I said, people are buying the gadgets and people say they have no time. And, you know, we could talk for hours about time and energy right uh, but this is not that time for the, for that the, the language of time versus energy and you might have the time but you don't have the energy so focusing on your lack of time it's not your lack of time it's your lack of energy but that's a whole other conversation because i want to get back to yeah. laughter in okay. the <clears throat> so another thing you can do besides priming yourself for for driving and laughter is actually when you're cooking to laugh while you're doing it right so there are, you can either just laugh on your own for no reason. <laughs> and even if you laugh, even if you laugh while you're saying, I hate this, like try it. Like <laughs> I hate cooking. Like honestly, <laughs> this is so horrible. Like it's <laughs> I've been doing this for 50 years. <laughs> but your body is still feeling good. Like it's I almost feel the confusion in my body when I'm saying those words because you can't. Right seriously right when you're when you're laughing um the other thing i want to say is get other people involved you know yeah one of the best things that have happened since this zoom is that everybody's kind of gotten a new level of comfort with zoom and i'll tell you over christmas time my girlfriends and i would have like a wine zoom you know or or yeah. if you're you know 
find find your friends to cook with. Maybe you're maybe you're gonna make a, a cooking date with your friend. Like, oh my God, I've got to make these meals. Oh, I've got to make these meals for my family too. You know, have a Sunday date where you and your friend get on Zoom, like you and I. We're gonna both make lasagna and let's yeah. do it together, right? Let's yeah. let's have a visit, but we're doing something. We're cooking and we're having fun. Hopefully you have a friend who enjoys cooking and who would like to do that with you. Or maybe they don't enjoy cooking, but they will benefit That's from right. doing maybe it together with you, right? Cooking, but the two of you can get together, put on some music. That was my other thing. Put on some music and dance because movement moves emotion. That's one of the principles of laughter yoga. And, you know, whenever you're stressed, whenever, you know, how many times do you get stressed and people say, oh, I got to go for a run or I got to go work out or I got to go clean the kitchen. Cleaning the oven used to be my favorite thing to do when I'm, when I'm stressed. <laughs> I love movement it. It actually moves emotion. So even if you don't have a friend to cook with, put on your music, get your night, get your stuff out and just start moving around and singing and dancing. You know, the best hundred bucks I have spent in a long time in a kitchen gadget is that I bought a smart speaker for my kitchen and now I actually created this playlist that's called cooking energy and I say I'm not going to say it because it's going to work play that you know cooking yeah. energy playlist yeah. and it goes on and right away even if I'm feeling tired or if there's a mountain of dishes and I don't want to do it but right away it's like Oh yeah, you know, let's do this. Let's yeah. let's jump on it. And it's just awesome. The other feature is that it, it has multiple timers. So I can say set a timer for the potatoes. Oh <laughs> that's, nice. that's a great feature. But really the music has just made yeah. the cooking so much more fun. I mean, previously I could do it from my phone, but then you end up, you know, that phones are dirty, first of all. Yeah. We shouldn't have phones in the kitchen. Uh, so it's been really awesome. And the power that comes from the music is fabulous. But you know, you have to watch what you put on, no like. That's lyrical right. sad music <laughs> that's right that's right i you know and the other thing i would suggest is getting on youtube so there is a three-year-old who has got a youtube channel and i think his name uh, uh susie's cooking show i think it is i think it's a girl and she is three years old and she oh is God. cooking she's making chocolate cake like it's not a long video, but I would suggest either finding a fun video, like a three-year-old making chocolate cake. You can get that chocolate cake stuff. Cook with a three-year-old. You know, that's love fun. it. Even just sit and watch. There's also um, games you can do with your kids, right? Maybe you and your children, or you and a child, or you and your husband, or whoever you and a parent are going to have a cooking recipe war. Right, you each pick a little meal. Like, oh, nice. who can make the who can make the best hummus? Okay, well, I'm going to use this recipe, and I'm going to use this recipe, or you use the same recipe because two people cooking the yep. same recipe. Fair is fair. Different. That's right. The other thing is there are games you can play, like let's eat, you know, let's eat the same color food for a whole day, or let's eat the same food that of our initials. You know, there's lots of games you can right, play. right, right. And Make you it know playful. What? Also, there are YouTube videos, seven recipes in five minutes. You know, three ingredient That's recipes that saved me years ago when I was working full time and going to school. Three ingredient dinners, <clears throat> and do you know what else you can do? You can look 
in your kitchen. You look in your pantry. Say you don't want to go grocery shopping. You look in your pantry. You go, okay, I've got coconut milk. I've got rice. I got tofu. I got peanut butter. And you put those ingredients. Yeah. You put those ingredients in the internet. The magic of the interwebs will find recipes with those ingredients in them. You know, I have something called a vegan pantry challenge that encourages people to do just that, but without the Google part, to trust yeah. their intuition and to create oh, their own meals. But, you know, using everything you have in the pantry. And one thing we tend to accumulate is fun or interesting condiments, right? Or sauces or spices or things, you know. And, and when we pull everything out and we realize that we've been using just the front four, you know, items of our oh, spice drawer, for example. Yeah. And so when you pull everything out, you you kind of identify the more fun, more unusual ingredients that maybe we were even saving for special occasions. Yeah. Right? And you yeah. pull those out and you can create dishes from all pantry ingredients uh, using your creativity. And even if yeah, it doesn't turn that, out too. like perfect, it most likely won't turn out unedible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. And if yeah. it does, then, you know, chalk it up to a science experiment. That's exactly. okay. Exactly. Take yeah. some risks. Yeah. But, you know, it, it all really starts in the head. And again, like I said, you can buy all the fancy gadgets you want. You can, yeah. you can, you can have it all. But unless, unless there's something in your mind that switches and to be willing to switch, all change, yes. all change starts with something small something small so all of these ideas that i've thrown out there even if the next time you pick up a flipper and you giggle about it like start small and you know set yourself up for success you know and maybe you're setting yourself up for success is even this the first week is just using that remember when i used to hate cooking now I, i'm just willing to learn what it feels I love like it. cooking. You're just willing to learn. That's not even a pressure. That's not even a to-do list. That's just saying, okay, I'm willing to learn. And what does that willing to learn look like? Maybe I'm just willing to go look at some YouTube videos. Okay. I'm, uh, remember when I used to hate cooking? Now I'm willing to go look up some fun YouTube videos. I don't love cooking yet, right? We're, uh, we're trying yes. to teach the kids when they say, oh, I'm not good at something. Yes. Maybe you're not good yet. You yes. just need more practice. And, and we need to practice enjoying cooking. It's yes. a skill as well, right? That's right. It, it is a skill. It is a skill. And, and learning to feel those accomplishments at, you know, uh, well, for me, because, and, you know, I love to cook. So, you know, the accomplishment of a nice roast or not a roast <laughs> I don't anymore, but, uh, or unless it's a tofurkey or a lovely lentil loaf, which I, which I make, but, you know, something like that, yep, like, yeah. Totally. The whole process. Um, I love this. Yeah. So those That's are a few fantastic. ways that I have found fun in the in the kitchen, and uh, you know, and and coaching people for fun in the kitchen, and you know, YouTube it, again hosts a lot of fun stuff. You know, going and watching Gordon Ramsay and all these big uh, those are great, uh, but don't hold yourself to that that absolutely experience level. Like start off really simple and keep it simple, stupid, right? You want something that's going to set yourself up for success. All right. First of all, before we wrap up, I think we should have 
um, people should know where to find you and how to get a hold of you. And after that, we're going to do a final laugh to help okay. us All go right. into the future with a joy in our heart and a lot of fun. That's so right. where can well, people find the, you? I will put the link up. I am on uh, Facebook as Siobhan Coates. I also have a Facebook business page, uh, Siobhan's Spark Up Community. My awesome. website is uh, undergoing right now. Uh, you can find me in Instagram under Siobhan's underscore spark up. And those are the places where you can find me right now. Awesome. On I'll put all that in the comments yeah. below the video. Yeah. Perfect. Thank Perfect. you so much. Okay. You ready? You're welcome. Okay. So let's do, um, so we're going to do some, uh, we're going to do some elephant laughter. So we're going to get an <laughs> elephant trunk here, Gemma. And you know, Gemma, that's your last name. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hold on. <clears throat> I'm smelling my armpit. I'll try again. <laughs> Love it. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. There you go. Yeah. I'm yeah. ready. Okay, okay, well, I'll go cook my dinner now, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go cook my lunch now. I'm excited to go down and see what I got in my fridge for lunch. Exciting. I want yes. the picture. of It's like all those pictures. Now I finally understand all the pictures of women that are laughing while they eat salad. Yeah. That's because they've been practicing finding the fun in salad. Yeah, of course they have. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much, Siobhan. That was oh, thank awesome. You for, thank you for dropping by. And I look forward to collaborating with you again. Yes. All right, thank take you care. So much. Okay, bye. Thank you, bye. Bye.